Welcome to this Dealer's Edge online training seminar, examining the power of a blended DDC to drive sales for the entire dealership. Owner Connect is a team of trainers that advises car dealers and other industries on ways to improve customer communication, especially in the area of handling incoming and outbound calls. I'm Mike Bowers with Dealer's Edge. I've been a fan of the Business Development Center idea since I saw some of the early versions of DDCs in the late 1990s. The idea was to have skilled, trained telephone sales reps doing what they do best, contacting customers and prospects to get them into the dealership. The BDC reps did the important work that the rest of the dealership staff either did not have the skills or the time to do. And I'd ask dealers and general managers why they didn't extend the BDC concept to fixed operations. They told me that was always going to be the next step after the BDC for sales was firmly established. In any event, the BDC for service always seemed to stay on the back burner. By now, the Business Development Center concept is an accepted part of many and maybe most dealership organizations. However, most of these efforts still seem to be focused on creating showroom opportunities for new and used vehicle sales. In today's workshop, Ryan Bongard will introduce us to an expansion of the BDC concept into business development for all dealership profit centers. And why not? Ryan will explain not only why a blended BDC looks like, but how it works and how it can benefit the entire enterprise. So now let's welcome BDC expert Ryan Bongard to Dealer's Edge. Ryan, thanks for helping us out today. And why don't you take over from here? that are driving daily development opportunities for my store and feeding the people that I'm paying to do the heavy lifting with selling sales and service opportunities. Have a plan, set of goals. Uh, hey, Ryan. Sure, go ahead, Mike. Uh, could we take a couple questions before we move on to this? this Absolutely. Could, could, could you just go back to that one slide on compensation? Absolutely. There you go. Okay. All right, so when we're setting up a pay plan, and maybe when you're interviewing people or prospective employees, you're going to want to have some idea how much money they can make. When we look at the pay plan, we're going to presumably pay an hourly rate plus a bonus for sold appointments only. Um, how much do you get paid, I guess? is What's a good hourly rate, and, and what's, a, what's a reasonable bonus for sold, sold vehicles? Great question. Um, so... We typically say, you know, you should average not, or you should you should offer nothing less than ten dollars an hour minimum wage. I would take that a step further, and I would say if you really want to be competitive and you're going with hourly, um, you're looking at your hourly wage. We would we encourage our partners to to go towards twelve dollars. Reason being is there's an amazing jump in talent that you get from you know if you go from just base minimum wage. 10 or 12. So you every single area is different. You obviously have to look at, you know, what competitors you have in the market, but I'm willing to go a little bit higher on an hourly wage if it brings me a more competitive, a more competitive person initially. Um, for sold opportunities, if they, if a, if a rep gets credit for helping the store sell a, a internet lead, call it, let's say your low hanging fruit, it's $25 bonus. If they get a an orphan owner or a lead that is um, 90 days or older, so a lead that's been sitting in the database for 
four or five months that nobody's been reaching out to, the bonus jumps up to about $70 on that. The crown, the crown jewel is really the household prospecting, the referrals, the self-generated opportunities, the people that come in to buy a car that, that weren't in, in my database. We, we recommend bonusing those out at $100 per. So if you take a step back and you just look at how a rep can easily make, you know, if you help me sell, you know, five to 10 cars a week, you know, you, there's no reason why you can't be at, you know, $2,000 a month for a part-time job plus your hourly wage. Um, and it's all driven on your sales staff being able to get that benefit. So, and it, it, it varies a little bit, you know, by region. We'll have some, but those that, that $25, $7,500 markets are our baseline recommended strategy for, for any store. Okay. Um, all right, let me catch. We had a couple questions just come in. No problem. Uh, okay. We, we were, okay. BDC reps get paid for sold only. Um, the question is, how much influence, you know, once the appointment's set and the customer shows up, how much influence does the BDC rep then have on, on selling the car? Great question. None. Um, I shouldn't say none. That's probably too extreme. Um, the, the, the BDC reps in this blended model for sales and service, their, their responsibility is to drive traffic to the store. Ultimately, we still we still want the professionals, my sales and service professionals, to be the ones that are doing the work and closing the deal. But we really drive home this point that your BDC staff, they got skin in the game. You are, you are accountable for the overall contribution of these people coming in and buying a car doing work. But at the end of the day, on, on a whiteboard, a performance, they're going to see appointments, shows, and solds. They're not, we don't, we don't ask them, you know, hey, did this, why didn't this person buy the car? Because ultimately it still goes to the salesperson, but we still drive home that part that it's, it's about shared accountability because it fits in with the culture of business development versus business management center. Our experience, again, you get, that's where, that's typically the water's edge for BDCs currently in the market today. Well, hey, I scheduled 100 appointments. I don't know what you want from me. Your salespeople got to sell. There might be some truth behind that, but what I'm looking for is a culture of somebody that walks in and knows immediately how their daily activity impacts those 10 salespeople. Because the person that does that, that's the person that's going to help me grow my business. Okay, and it's a, really a, a question in the same vein. Um, what's the benefit to the dealership of paying only for sold leads when the responsibility for selling rests almost entirely on the sales representative and not the BDC rep. So the first benefit is you're, you're minimizing or you're cutting out a lot of wasteful spending. Um, so you get your average BDC, depending on, you know, where you're located, how many reps you have, your, your average BDC can cost you anywhere from 10 to $20,000 a month when you roll in bonuses and hourly wages, you know, what it costs to keep the lights on. For dealers who are, who are budget, conscious who are who are where you look at the number of appointments or dials or no shows that I'm paying out 10 bucks here 15 bucks here 20 bucks here adds up real fast for people that never bought a car or never showed for an appointment so at the end of the day I pay you an hourly wage for you to make dials 
for you to have appointments scheduled. That's why I'm paying you your hourly wage. Where I'm going to give you that extra carrot is if somebody actually comes in and helps my dealership grow. Okay. And another question, is, this is just doing the math on the pay plan. Sure. Uh, the, the question was really how, how much should the average BDC rep get paid in a year? As I'm looking at the numbers, if, if uh, for part-time work, uh, they might be able to make uh, 20, including the, the, the base hourly rate, they might make uh, 2000 2500 a month. Yeah, I mean that's that's not um, you can easily you can easily be between you know to be a part time rep making twenty thousand to thirty thousand. Yeah. If I'm a rock star, can I be higher than that? No question. Yeah. So average would be twenty to thirty thousand a year. Yeah, assuming they're hitting their metrics every month and they're right. working the full thirty hours. Yep. Okay, great. We'll go back to something we talked about uh, in in the first half of the program. That comes back to this concept of paying for, for units sold versus appointments that show up. Uh, so the, the question is, and I think the, I know where he's coming from, is normally in, in compensation or pay plans, uh, you want to incentivize people, base the incentives on things that the employee controls or has more control over. Sure. Uh, and the BDC rep, it seems, would have more control over whether or not the prospect shows up versus whether or not they buy the car. So how do you how do you rationalize that? In the that's a that's a great. I mean, that's probably that's the counter argument to paying for results only, and it's a valid one. You know, it, it's really a we believe because it minimizes dealer risk and dealer investment, and ultimately rewards for a benefit to the salesperson, to the store, <clears throat> and the rep, we believe you'll you'll be able to push the ball further and faster down the field by rewarding for results versus if I if you feed somebody or if you reward somebody by their appointment showed, it's that's nice, but it may not necessarily bring any value. So ultimately I would prefer to reward people with something that I know is going to impact the dealership. It's not, <clears throat> you know, I'd be lying right now if I said we didn't have partnerships that still rewarded on shows. Um, it's not the, it's not the worst thing in the world, but if you're looking for, Hey, how do I get the most efficient process? How do I minimize dealership investment and, and push the ball down the field fast? rewarding for results versus effort or activity will do exactly that. Okay. Um, you used the term in one of the slides that 70-30 U-F-S-T. What does that mean? So 70, uh, unsold showroom traffic, um, this, the 70-30 model, and unfortunately we don't have a ton of time. I probably should have gone a little more detail about that. Uh, this concept of how much time your BDC staff and your sales staff are sharing this responsibility of unsold showroom traffic. So 70% of the time um, you will have uh, your, your BDC reps responsible for following up with unsold showroom traffic. 30% uh, of your time, your sales staff is still engaged. That 30% that for your sales staff comes in that immediate week following somebody coming to the store, and then it shifts to your BDC team being responsible for the follow-up. Too often what happens is 
you know, the salesperson says, oh, they're not interested. You know, they can't do this. They can't do that. You know, we get the lead. The BDC team will look at it and go, oh, this person came in. Uh, you know, we're not going to follow up with it. Absolutely not. The, somebody that comes into my store, I, I understand that my salespeople maybe don't have the time or the bandwidth to be following up that way. That's why I shuffle it over to my BDC staff still to work it. So that's a little bit about that that rule, that breakdown. Okay. Um, in, uh, in many states in the United States, and I think in most Canadian provinces, vehicle salespeople have to be licensed. Mm -hmm. uh, do BDC reps have to be licensed as well, uh, as far as you know? Uh, it, it depends on state by state. Um, state it depends on state by state. Um, the vast majority, I think only two of the partnerships that we work with actually require their reps to be licensed. And that is because that is a, um, a, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say. That is a, a rule or that is an expectation that they've put on themselves. They were not mandated to do that by the state because uh, the reps are not selling cars. They're driving appointments. Um, but again, it's something you have to look at state by state. Okay. And that's would typically be something that, that gets just like the vehicle, uh, salesperson's license that gets handled when, uh, when a salesperson gets hired and they're filling out paperwork for the. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you get to the end of training, I've selected these three people to be my, my centralized BDC rock stars and we go through it. If you're a dealership that, you know, for one reason or another feels strongly enough about having somebody licensed, that would be the time to do it. Um, most dealerships do not do it just because we don't have them quote unquote selling cars. They're not on the lot. Okay. All right. Um, and uh, one more question. As we're looking at the bend, the blended BDC. We talked mm -hmm. about a pay plan that, that really focused on vehicles being sold. Uh, how does the how does the service department? How do you pay for service appointments uh, or service sales? Uh, sure. And how does that blend in with the overall pay plan? Sure. So there's two there's two primary um, service reward pay plans. The first is very simple. They are they are rewarded based on the type of work that is done. So kind of think about what we talked about on the sales side, the low hanging fruit, you know, so if, if they schedule 25 oil changes, they get X bonus. Um, if somebody does, if somebody comes in and has, you know, their brakes redone, um, if somebody has transmission, it, depending on the type of work and each, each service drive or each store will kind of work with us to break out their own metrics just based on, um, how much work by particular project they see, um, but it's 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 broken out in a tiered model, very similar to the way that we do the sales side, so that you don't have people being overly compensated for simple work that the dealership is potentially losing money on, um, but at the same time is is enough of a reward for somebody to go after those, you know, those big fish. That's that's the most traditional model that I'd say about 95% of our partnerships and, and probably a little bit less than that in the industry follow. There is also a concept um, from a service side that you can follow if you want to tie it to uh, the type of work that ultimately gets done. Um, that's a kind of a, a little bit more of a growing trend on the service side um, and it's probably for a longer conversation. But those are the, those are the two uh, rewarding structures that 
most service drives do. Mike, you're right. muted. Hello? Yep. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Sorry, Mike, you're, you're muted there for a couple of I, I was muted. Um, the, uh, do you have any recommendations uh, or for software that they can dealers can use in BDC, Some anything that works better than others that you've seen? Uh, software from a CRM or software from a, like a specific BDC tool? Well, let me, uh, I guess I'll just, I'll answer the question. Um, okay. From a, from a CRM, uh, no. I, I would say, you know, be careful. Obviously, there's a lot of CRMs out there. They, they all basically do the same thing. Um, so from a CRM, not so much. There are a couple um, of specific BDC uh, software tools that are, are really lead management and script and talking points that you can look. Um, there is one that I would recommend that you could look at. It's called DealerWorks. Um, it's actually from a Chevy dealership team down in Texas. Um, we are we're very close uh, with that group down there. It's a it's a great tool. Um, there are a couple out there very similar to that. Um, probably the what you'll see from most CRMs moving forward is probably a, a little bit more of a change towards a a lead management tool like that. Um, but from a, a more of a specific software standpoint, that's probably as far as I, I'd go. Okay. Um, all right. And, and folks, I think that brings us to the end of our questions. I think I've answered everything that, that you submitted to me. Um, the slide in front of you has Ryan's contact information. If you, if you think of something you wish you had asked or a topic you'd like to get a little more information on, feel free to contact Ryan Bongard at Owner Connect. You've got his email address there in front of you. And uh, Ryan, if people wanted to give you a phone call, what's the best number to reach you? Probably the best number, you could just call directly 847-840-5239. Uh, that's, my, that's my cell, so it'll ring straight to me um, as yeah. opposed to trying to catch me somewhere else. Great. Thank you. So that's, uh, again, if you think of questions you wish you had asked or uh, information if you want more details or more suggestions or you just don't want to talk about uh, some of these issues we've covered today, uh, feel free to give Ryan a call and, and uh, he'd be happy to, to discuss them with you. Um, as I said, that brings us, that's the end of our questions and therefore the end of today's program. So I'd like to thank everybody for joining us today. Remember, we did record today's workshop. Uh, there were a lot of good suggestions with some detail in them you may want to review. <clears throat> Uh, the recording of today's workshop will appear in your Dealer's Edge online library early tomorrow morning. Uh, you want to take a look at that and, and uh, feel free to share that, the information with other people in your dealership.